Now, my sermon title today is What is Truth? And um, what, what I'll say today won't, won't, won't be neutral. I don't believe any Christian should be neutral, and that's actually biblical. Revelation 3 states that a Christian mustn't be neutral. In fact, God doesn't like neutrality. You have to be hot or cold. You've got to be one way or the other. Being neutral gets you nowhere. If we're going to go on a journey and I say, okay, where are we going to go? And we say, we don't know. We go left, we go right. We have to make a decision. If we, if we go right and we go in the strength of the Lord and it's wrong, he'll turn us around and he'll take us back the right way. But we have to make a decision. We have to do something. So I want to I look at, I, I looked at Jesus in, in Pilate's court. So let me ask you a question. What is a, what's a dictionary definition of truth? What is truth? I'm not going to preach at you today. I want you to engage with me because we're all people of God. So you can learn from me and I can learn from you. Amen? So what's truth? What's truth? Something, that, something that's real, real facts. Anyone else? The word of God. Amen. Amen. So, so if we say, I'm going to look at a dictionary definition. It says, the real facts about a situation, event, or person. A situation, event, or person. So who's the person we believe is the truth? God. Jesus Christ. He came, he lived as a man, he died. And the event that we believe is true. The second coming of Christ. We believe that to be true, right? We believe that Christ is coming again. And our situation now is that we are in a spiritual war zone. A spiritual war zone. I'm not sure what it's like up in Bedford, but at the moment, London, where I'm from, is an absolute war zone. This week alone, six people, six people were killed in the, in the state of seven days. In the space of seven days, six people were killed. Now, we can, we can look at why they were killed and we can ask questions. But ultimately, we know that God's in control. But in the meantime, God calls us as his people to share the light. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to, start, I'm going to start by looking at Jesus, the ultimate example. Now, who took Jesus before Pilate? Who took him there? The Jews? The Jews presented him because they, couldn't, they didn't have no legal authority to kill him. So they needed for him to go to the law of the land. So... In essence, I'm going to give you an analogy. In essence, it's you taking me in front of the courts and telling them to kill me because I have a different view from you. That's, that's, that's serious, isn't it? We see at the end, the end times. Now, the reason why Jesus was persecuted is because he spoke out. Telling the truth is difficult sometimes. 
if I, if I stay in my neutral position, if I don't raise my head above the parapet, I'm comfortable. My analogy is, how are you? You okay? Yeah. Happy Sabbath, okay. Is that neutral? Is, is that neutral? It's neutral. I've not said anything that's offended. I've been polite. Yeah? I'm very neutral. And I'm saying to be polite. Being neutral affects nothing. And the church is in a state, in general, of neutrality because we don't want to offend anyone. Jesus would be kind and merciful to the woman at the well, to the lady caught in adultery, but to people who felt that they were righteous in the church, he would turn around and he wouldn't be as pleasant. He would tell them exactly their state. And that got their backs up so much that they tried to kill him. Or they did kill him in, in, in the end. So I want to I want to also use the Bible here. Let's go to let's go to Psalms 15. Turn with me to Psalms 15 too. I'm going to read you some Bible texts very quickly to set set the tone. Psalms 15:2 says. The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart. So the truth is righteous. When you, when, when you speak the truth, it's righteous. Isaiah 45, verses 19. Turn with me to Isaiah 45, 19. And it says... I have not spoken in secret from somewhere in a land of darkness. I have not said to Jacob's descendants, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak the truth. I declare what is right. So again, the truth, he's declaring what's truth, what is right. To say to someone now what is right, remember, modern day philosophy does not give you an absolute truth. They'll tell you there's no absolute truth. It's what's good for you. Does the Bible say that? Does the Bible say that? Not at all. Modern day philosophers, now we see where modern day philosophy is taking us as a society. And this is where prophecy is beginning to fulfill. If you speak the truth, you're going to offend people sometimes. People say, oh, it depends on the way you say it. It doesn't matter how you say it. It doesn't matter how you say it. You're going to offend someone because they don't believe in what you're telling them. And I'm going to break this down because the, I feel our church, me, you, need to be empowered. Because we are going to be, but don't be frightened of persecution. If we say we're looking for Christ to return, you're going to be persecuted. Because you're going to have to stand up for the word of God. Daniel 10 verses 21. I've only got three more Bible texts to go through. I just want to set, set the scene. 
But it says, but first I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. What's the book of truth? The word of God. Zechariah 8 verses 19. Zechariah 8 verses 19. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty said. The feast or the fast of the fourth, fifth, seventh, and ten months will become joyful and glad occasions and happy festivals for Judah. Therefore, love, truth, and peace. Love, truth, and peace. So the spies, Luke, last one, Luke 20, 21, for the time being. Luke 20, verses 21. So the spies questioned him. Teacher, we know that you speak and teach what is right and that you do not show partiality but teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. So these were spies. So they were coming to trick him but they recognised that he was a man of truth. Let me ask you a question. Who knows when someone is speaking to you just on the surface being polite and then when someone is speaking the truth? Who knows the difference? I do. I do. There's people who just polite. How you doing? Blah, blah. How's your family? Blah, blah. All right. See you later. And then there's people who will sit and get into more of a meaningful conversation. We've got to be careful how much time we waste in, in meaningless conversations. Because God requires us to do something great. Today we live in a society that doesn't speak the truth, doesn't like the truth, and I'd go as far as to say hates the truth. Why is truth not popular anymore? The judiciary system was based on justice. And what is justice? Justice is seeking and finding out the truth. Is that, is that right? Is there going to be a judgment coming? And what's God going to do? Where everyone is going to have to stand before God. Now, this is the bit. You see, society loves what the church does. They love them going in and visiting elderly people and putting on food for the homeless. But they do not like what the church believes in. Now, why is that? Because once you hear the truth, then you either have to accept it or reject it. And do you know what the truth does? It prays. You see, the spirit, once you hear the truth, the spirit's on you. It's on your back when you're doing certain things. It's on your back. You're convicted. When I see many of these young men just taking 10-inch knives and running it into people. And, 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 you know, it's getting worse. They're butchering people. There's three, four of them. I believe there's no moral compass. They don't, they don't know the truth. They, they've never heard of the truth. To be able to just take a life without even thinking about it, it's, it's like pressing an ant. I remember, I remember we used to have ants sometimes when we was younger, and I used to, like 10, 9, I just used to kill them with my finger. This is the way, and I didn't, I didn't have a second moment thought about it. Now, interesting enough, if I get a wasp in my house, I will not try and kill it. I say, it's God's creature. I try and 
move it out or a spider, I'll pick it up and put it out. I try not even to kill a little creature. You've got people who will just snuff out a life and won't think twice about it. Why? Because they don't understand that God gives life. They haven't heard it. They've removed God from the schools. Even the general society, if you were brought up in this country, there was assemblies at school. We used to sing hymns. Those as old as me in your 40s, we would have a bottle of milk. Those the young people probably didn't get that. But today, we have a society that unless God is in your home, they don't know anything about God. So now, we're seeing the effects of it. We're seeing the effects of it. To reject the truth or hide the truth stops the correct judgment being made. So the church is being suppressed. The voice of the church is being suppressed. I am very much into politics and religion. And um, uh, I was listening this week very closely to Tim Farron, who is the leader of the Liberal Democratic Party. And Tim Farron was interviewed on Channel 4 and asked a certain question. And because he wouldn't say it was a sin, the lobby behind that movement went into overdrive. They were, at, they were on him, they were on him, they were on him until he relented and gave them what they wanted to hear. Tim Farron is fighting for power. So he bowed down to Babylon, as the Bible says. The Bible says if you bow down, yeah, if you bow down to a system that's against me, then there's a mark that's on you. That is in the free angel's message. So, I want you to turn with me quickly to Judges 21, verses 25. If everyone can turn there. This is quite an important text. Judges 21, Judges chapter... 21 verses 25. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Now, can we have a society whereby we can live how we want? Can we have a home where we can live how we want? You, you, you see the fruits of that. It, you know, God's truth, God's word, God's law is an order and a structure for our homes, for society, for humanity. That's what God's law is. It's a law of love. People see it as a suppression. I suppose if you want to live wild, it is a suppression because God's law doesn't allow you to live wild. It actually impresses upon your heart that what I'm doing is not right. The church of God, it has warning messages that's been given to us. 
And in Revelation 14, 6 to 12, it, it, it tells us the three angels' message. And I'm not going to go through it in detail, but I just want, I want to look at verse 6. And I just want to look at the, actually, from 7. From, no, we'll read 6 and 7. And it says, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. Now, how does he say it? Read the next verse. Does he say it with a neutral voice? Does he say it with a quiet voice? How does he say it? I can't hear you. With a loud voice. So can you see that neutrality isn't part of a Christian's life? You can't be neutral. You, you, you know, I, I, I'm really passionate about this because I see things that are wrong and I just see church folk who are supposed to be the vehicle for the unchurch just sitting neutral. I'm going to read something. People can run riot in a church or in society if good people sit quiet. You must stand up for what's right. God has blessed you. We sit here. There's some people in part of the world, they, they've got bombs flying over them. You know, we, we, we're in a very relatively safe, peaceful, prosperous country. That's a blessing. Don't you think everywhere around the world is like that? It's not. If you're thirsty, you can just go and get clean running water. That's a blessing. You can send your kids to school and get good education for free. It's a blessing. So therefore, God says much given, much expected. Don't be neutral. Allow God to empower you. The verse 9. Then a third angel followed him, saying, with a loud voice, again, not a quiet voice, not sitting there, not saying anything. Stand up, don't worry about it, God will provide you. He said your bread and water will be sure. Don't worry about losing your job, you know, worrying about, you, you, the, you're going to lose friends when you stand up for what's right sometimes, because they're going to walk away from you. You see, the first angel's message is a clear warning. It states a judgment is coming. Now, once you put that on the line, someone who is doing things that's not right, straight away their, their backs are up because you're preaching the word and therefore there, there is a... We're all sinners and we're all saved by grace. The thing with Christian people in here, we recognise our state. That's why we're here. We're here. We might fall down. Some of us in here might be doing wrong things, but you know what? Praise God you're here. Because that's where God's mercy and his blessing. It's better than doing the wrong thing and saying, don't judge me, God. I just want to walk out and do my own thing. I'm pleased to see so many young people in here. Yeah, I praise God for that. I praise God for that because I tell you, in many, many churches, there's no young people. I'm talking about all churches, church attendances, including Sunday churches, are decreasing. Interestingly enough, in the poorer countries, they're increasing. What does that tell you? 
The truth is the good news of salvation, which is Christ has died to save us from our sins, that we may not perish but have everlasting life. So the truth is, how can, how can we live above sin? You know, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 21 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, and the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God has reconciled the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And, and that's why I love the word of God. I love the message. You see, the message is actually, although they said there's a judgment coming, the gospel is not a message of condemnation. It's actually a message of hope that despite our state, Christ is there for us. And he will cover a multitude of sins. And man, if I was out there doing that, and I heard that news, I would run in and get the covering of Christ. But then you know we're up against a spiritual warfare. We then have the spirit of Satan. And the spirit of Satan, he says, I don't want that. I want to keep doing what I want to do. Because it feels good. I like sin. I like doing it. I have a good time in my sin while you're doing it. I always say to people, when God said to Eve, you will surely die. When we do something immediately, you won't necessarily die immediately. But long term, you're dying spiritually. You keep doing that and you don't turn away. You're dying spiritually until you're doing that and the voice of God isn't even speaking to you anymore. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though, through, though God was making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin. For us, that is in him, we might become the righteousness of God. These passages are clear, they're direct from the word of God. The good news is alive and kicking today. And the church of God is our business to share the word of God to all nations, which is the truth. Amen. Speaking the truth can cause you to lose your friends, your family, your job, your career, your life, even your life. Christ has come to earth, lived as a man, died, and would take all those home who believed in him. To differentiate between those who believe and don't believe, there is a judgment based on truth. Many churches say that there's nothing that you can do to be saved. And this is a true statement. We need the Savior in, in Christ Jesus. However, the reason why they say that is because basically they're saying just carry on living as long as you believe. Just carry on doing what you want. The best, that's actually against the Bible. The Bible I've just read in Corinthians where it says you must become a new creation. The actions we take in our body will determine if our names 
are to remain in the book of life or taken away. Yes, there is action we must take. Not everybody's action will be the same because everyone struggles with different things. However, the word of God highlights behavior patterns that will not make it into the kingdom of heaven. These war against the spirit of God. Now, when someone answers me a question about emotive matters, I, I don't respond. It's not me. You're not actually warring with, with me. You're warring with God. You know, remember, don't get into a spiritual battle with people. People either accept or reject the word of God. The word of God is clear in most parts. It's very clear. I'm going to read you something that is so clear. It's crystal clear. Now, turn with me to Galatians 5. 19 to 21. Galatians 5, 19 to 21. Now, we said the word of God is truth. Okay? In many ways, this is a comfortable zone. I've got all believers. But let's picture me. I'm now out in a public domain. I'm not... So some of you are here. Some of you are here. And let's say I've got your 10% of an audience that's 90%. Okay, I'm going to read this out. I'm wondering who will say amen. Because I'm going to read some serious stuff here. Or will your heads be down like, I'm not with him. I'm not with that guy. Because now you're outnumbered. It's a safe place in there, isn't it? You know, my brother, you believe the same as my brother here? My brother and sister, we believe the same thing is safe. But it's when we come out and you have to stand for what's right, you go into a public domain and someone's saying something and there's... One of the things I do is, in a public domain, I will stand up for the word of God. Prosecute me if you want. Persecute me. I don't mind. The word of God is the word of God. So listen what God says here. I'm sorry, I moved that. Um, okay. Galatians 5, 19 to 21 says, The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. <coughs> Serious stuff. Because if you look at society, society, in, get, in fact, some of these things are in the church as well. And we often don't want to say those things, but that is the truth. That's the truth. And you know what? God's saving grace can save you from this. The Bible is very clear. How can we live above sin? We must become a new creation. We must have a change in mindset. It's our hearts, it's our mind that need to change. The Spirit of God provides power to overcome all sins. If we allow the Spirit to dwell within us, 
How does the Spirit of God then dwell within us? The Bible again speaks for itself. Turn with me to Philippians 2, 1 to 8. This is how we allow the Spirit to dwell in us. Philippians 2, 1 to 8. In fact, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one of mine. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross. And in Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9, it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, there's that word again, whatever is true. Let, let, me, let me just say something very quickly. When someone says something to you and it's not true or they try and scandal someone or it's not true or they're saying things that there's no evidence, don't be neutral and just say, yeah, yeah. Because, I, you know, it's interesting. When I became uh, first elder in my church, people said, oh, it's very, you know, got to be careful. You're going to have lots of issues, blah, blah, blah. People are going to come to you and that. I tell you, you know, thank God, people don't come to me with silly things. They come to me with a real need. Because my character is one where I will challenge if you say something to me, that's, that's not correct. It's based on, I'd say, well, where did you get that from? Or what do you mean? Or why? So once someone knows that you're going to challenge, see, if you suck everything in, people will just come and burden you. And because they know you're not going to say anything, your, your position is neutral. Even though in your heart you know that's a nonsense. That's not actually helping your brother and sister, by the way. It's not helping them. So it says, so it says, whatever, finally, brother, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put in practice and the God of peace will be with you. To allow the Spirit of God to come in and dwell in us is based on our attitude of service and secondly, our state of mind responding to spiritual matters. We need to be true to our current state. Something called self-reflection is going home and saying, where am I 
Lord, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like studying Bible. I'm not praying enough. I'm involved with this man or woman and I shouldn't be and I can't let them go because it, it feels good. I'm in love. I'm lonely. You have to put it on the table. My attitude ain't quite right because I, I, uh, you know, I feel alone and I don't want to say some, someone because I feel weak if I say that. You have to be honest. I'm not getting on at work. If you're not honest, then God can't rectify your situation. You have to tell your own business to everyone, but you must tell it to God. When you get on your knees, you have to be honest. Otherwise, Christ can't work with you. Again, uh, just read the, the lukewarm church. Revelation 3, 14 to 16. And to the angel of the church of Lysidia. These things, says the Amen, the faithful and the true witness. The beginning of the creation of God. I know your works. That you are neither hot or cold. I wish you were cold or hot. So then... Because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Let's allow the spirit of God to dwell in us. Let's think about the actions that we make. The last day message is about spreading the good news. Instructing people to fear God and keep his commandments. Because the hour of his judgment is come. I say to anyone, it doesn't matter what state you're in. Because the word of God, it says, while there is life, there's hope. Hope in the gospel of salvation. Assurance that if you allow the spirit of God to dwell in you, inside you, there is power above sin. John 14, verses 1 to 6. It says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God also believe in me. In my father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you and if I go to prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am there you may be also. And where I go you know and the, and the way you know. Thomas said to him Lord do we, Lord, do we do not? Sorry, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? I love this. Jesus says to him, I am the way, the truth again, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Just before I sit down, I want to read a conclusion for you. Is the Bible really the record of truth spoken by God? Do we believe that? 100% we believe that. So why has society rejected it? And what has been the results of this rejection? If we are going to discuss truth and morality we must have a common standard to refer to as a higher opinion. Otherwise, each individual can speak as their own authority. 
and one's ideas are as valid as another. After all, we all have vivid imagination and cr create scenarios to prove our point with our end. However, if we are going to get to the truth, there must be a viewpoint from a higher authority which we believe is the word of God and which is from God. To put this into perspective, we may collide in driving towards each other in the same lane if we both decide the same lane is the right lane for us, as we may do the same thing, approaching a, approaching a junction because we disagree about whether a red light means go or stop. What does a red light mean? Stop. Okay, you're driving down 70 miles an hour. I say it don't mean stop. So you're driving and I'm driving at 100 miles an hour because I don't care about the speed limit. I want to do what I want to do. We come together, bang, almost resulting in death of one of us, maybe both of us. And that results from me saying, I want to do what I want to do. Young people, many people, not just young people, older people, accept me for who I am. Don't judge me. God accepts me for who I am. That's what you get. God accepts me for who I am. Of course he does. But he requires a change. He requires a change. Don't forget to add that bit. Don't, don't just think God accepts you carrying on, carrying on. Because clearly he says if you're doing these things, you're not going to get that. So, if we, if there is no standard that either of us can agree on, we will then be at an impasse. If there is no high authority to impose its viewpoint on a situation, then we're left without resolution. Moreover, we also understand that when it comes to our justice system, there must be established laws that govern the decisions of the court. So if we accept, or, or society, because we accept the word of God in here, society accepts that there's laws, that if they break the law of the land, there's laws set out that they're going to be judged by. If they stand before a judge, then why do you reject the moral law of God? And that's what he says here. Why then would it be different when reasoning of God and morality, what higher authority exists that can serve as a standard to which all deliberations and morality may appeal. Of course, modern day philosophy has rejected the Bible. And in fact, it has rejected any absolute whatsoever. Thus, they have removed boundaries to appropriate behavior to the point of social and moral destruction. Consequently, everyone is drawn to what is right in their own self-rationalization. Did we read that? It says there's nothing new under the sun. We read that in Judges, and we're coming to that state again. Has society become better with its new age thinking? No way. The rejection of authority, of preaching, the Bible by modern, weak, 
worldly churches has made religion a mockery of what God intended the church to be. Those are serious words. But I'm, I'm going to say those words. They're not neutral words. This, this is, this is, we're in serious times and we've got a lot of work to do in our families, in our communities, and that dedication that we have. So let's continue to accept this wonderful opportunity while we can. Thank you for having me here. Um, and I hope you've been blessed. Thank God. Amen. Amen.